1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lee Griffiths opens up on his battle with depression and his aims for the season ahead. Stephen Gerrard's unhappy with costly defensive errors while Rangers launch their Everyone Anyone campaign and Motherwell face missing out on a compensation fee for Chris Cadden. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. Well done Lee Griffiths and Rangers. It takes moral courage to analyse the most painful details of what is after all Lee Griffiths' private life. But it's the price a professional has to pay when he's in the full glare of public exposure. So the very best to Lee as he rehabilitates himself following personal trauma. And well done, Rangers. Any initiative which seeks to marginalise antisocial behaviour is to be applauded. Inclusion and diversity is better than dim-wittedness and the continuation of the dark ages. We should all sign up for tolerance. Lots of talking points tonight And we want to hear from you 01419511025 Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB And what about this As a wee incentive to get in touch Because the Celtic FC Festival Is taking place at the SEC On Friday, Saturday and Sunday And is set to turn Glasgow green and white The first team squad will be there All weekend for picture opportunities You can also get selfies, selfies With the treble trophies And the European Cup On top of that Loads of great challenges as well Crossbar challenge Free kick penalties Top pin challenge for your chance to be there all you need to do is come on Clyde One Super Scoreboard this evening and we'll put your name in a hat and draw the winner at the end of the show to find out more about that go to the uh, www.celticfcfestival.com now I'm sure one man Hugh that a lot of people will want to be seeing there is Lee Griffiths Um, obviously made his competitive return to action on Wednesday and he's been speaking today and he's been speaking very openly very honestly very candidly about his time away let's hear from him shall we because he says that the help and support he got last season has helped him get back on the pitch for Celtic the striker spoke openly about his battle with depression and he's urging people to speak out if they are in a similar situation you know very lonely at times without the help of the, the club friends family and support that I had I wouldn't be sitting here now so you know, it's a massive thank you to them. It's been a long, difficult road, but you know, thankfully there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. And it was just a like like you said, a, a slow drip that was building up, building up. And Brendan Rogers, he's seen that, and that's when he stepped in. So another thank you to him, and because if you know, I never stepped in, who knows where I've been. And but I'm trying to look forward now and, and be positive, and you know, I'm glad to be back in the part of getting minutes under my belt and, and try to look forward to the season ahead. Looking. What's happening in society nowadays? I think a lot of people are taking their own life, and maybe if they if they open up and speak a little bit, then you know it, it can save lives. Um, so anybody that's, that's suffering, anybody you know, speak to somebody. You know, just open up, speak to anybody. You know, there's a lot of people out there that'll help. Yeah, of course, not just Celtic fans, but you know, fans all over. You know, Scotland. You know, rival rival fans that you know <laughs> see me as that rogue on the pitch, but you know. Take me away for that. I'm just a, a family man that tries to look after my family, um, and you know they've all been supportive. Um, and again, another thank you to them. It's nice to see that you know they can put football rivalry rivalry aside. It's almost painful listening to Lee Griffith speak of what he's been through in recent months because when you're playing in front of sixty thousand people at Celtic Park and when you're scoring and when you're the hero of the fans, life is great. But what the fans don't know when they go home, Lee Griffith is on his own. And when he was left on his own, problems arose in his private life. And now he's spoken very honestly about that. Praise indeed 
to Brendan Rodgers for noticing what was happening in League of His Life when he was Celtic manager. And I'm sure that he gets every support from the current Celtic manager, Neil Lennon, who has publicly spoken in the past about the demons that he has dealt with regarding depression. So it's a heartwarming story of Lee Griffiths overcoming his problems and surely anyone, regardless of which team they support, would wish him well in the coming season. It's something that really can't be easy for Lee Griffiths to to talk about and, and be so open about and we've really got to commend him that you know he's using his platform as, as someone who who is a role model as a footballer to to come out and you know openly talk about his problems and you know say to other people that if you're going through something similar you know you can get through it and you you, you just need to talk to people and, and it could really help when you're a professional player and have the type of profile that Lee has which is huge uh, then it's very difficult, but part of the job when you have to discuss the most intimate details of your private life. In other words, if you're Lee Griffiths, you really don't have a private life because the minute his problems were brought to a wider audience, then he has to live in the glare of publicity when what he really needs is time with people who can advise him. So, as I say, well done to Lee Griffiths and if it helps others who are not involved in professional sport of any description at all, then so much the better that Lee Griffiths should come out and advise them on how to deal with their specific problems. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Alec is a Celtic fan on the line. Alec, what's your point tonight? Hi, how we doing? How we doing, Hugh? Good, thank you. Yeah, hi, just Two points more or less about Europe and the uh, domestic season starting. But firstly, just touching on Lee. I was there last week when they came on uh, in the last maybe six or seven minutes. And I said last week on the show that, you know, it was quite emotional. Uh, there's players that come on and they get around applause and whatever else. But this was this was something different. This was something special. Uh, and fair dues. I, I, I wish Lee all the best in the coming season. Uh Europe, it's new starting to get interesting. It's new starting to get to the, the nitty gritty. If we can take care, and again, with foot, you know, jumping ahead, if we can take care of the team that, that this mob were playing on Wednesday, obviously they draw the Davis for the third round, and it could have been a lot worse. There's, a, there's still a few big cutters in it, you know, that, 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 that we have avoided. So, firstly, just, just on that point, well, I think that Celtic have the players. Uh, I don't think that the team from Estonia can be any more difficult than uh, Sarajevo. And Celtic scored five goals over two legs against Sarajevo. I think they're capable of doing the same against the Estonians. And uh, to be perfectly truthful, if you can't beat a team from Estonia, then you're kidding yourselves on about Champions League. Uh, so for me, Celtic have the players. Um it's still very early in the season. Ring rustiness is an allowable problem for any team, Celtic included. But I do believe that they have it in them to win by a three-goal margin at Celtic Park on Wednesday. Yeah, well, if Celtic do get past Nomi Kalju, that draw today would pit them up against either Cluj from Romania or Maccabi Tel Aviv from Israel. Alec, are you confident from what you've seen from Celtic in these early stages of the campaign that they're able to better last season and get into the Champions League group stages? Definitely. 
as you say, as you know, watching them, I've been obviously the, the games at Parkhead, uh, the pre-season friendlies and that, they do look a bit rusty. But that team for Sarajevo, they were they were physical. So they were. And obviously, you know, as you say, we put five by them. So it's starting to now get into the, the exciting part. And if we can take care of, again, I, I'm jumping ahead, but Maccabi, whatever, we're now into the, the, we're into the last game. The winner takes all for Champions League proper. There's and still another round after that, Alec. That's that's the third round. I, there's still a playoff round I, after I that one. No, that, that's what I'm saying. There's still a, I know there's another round we get, but if after we can get by the third round, there's obviously another wave of teams will come in or whatever. Well, you know, what? I've said, Alec, the- I've said, Alec, that I think Celtic can get past the Estonians, and I do believe that they have the quality of player uh, to get a victory over the Estonians, but. You know, it's a bit much, Alec, with respect to look beyond that and look beyond Maccabee or Cluj and then take yourself into the fourth qualifying round. I think, you know, Neil Lennon would be more respectful. One round at a time, please. But, but, but Hugh, this is what we're allowed to do, this as fans. You know what I mean? This, is, this, is, this show's all about. So we're allowed to dream a wee bit further ahead than what managers and players can do, you know, we, we're allowed this wee bit of hang me, and just a week on Saturday, no this Saturday man, next I'm going to sell it first last Saturday, but next Saturday, it's the flag day the, the, the start of the season and I believe that this will be if no it'll be the most pivotal season in Scottish football for Celtic gone for nine now I know that next season, the, the, the ten and all that but Celtic, I'm, go, I'm going to Celtic Park next week gone there I read about Celtic Day 9 in a row I've seen old footage about Celtic Day 9 but I, I'm hopefully going to be part of that history well that I've said that. before I've said before um, I think next season or we're into the season now this season uh, will be the most controversial uh, the most feisty fiery and at times toxic season in the history of Scottish football because the stakes have now gone to the second highest level. For Celtic to get nine in a row for a second time and to be a season away from an historic ten in a row uh, would be monumental for Celtic but this season is monumental for Rangers in terms of stopping Celtic getting nine in a row and that's why on the 3rd of August and on Sunday the 4th of August we should prepare ourselves for the feistiest season of all time. Well, thank you to Alec 01419511025 if you want to come on the line or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Alec just talking about the how quickly the season's come around. It's just reminded me, this is our final week of yes. the, the one-hour format of Super Scoreboard. Next week, Gordon Duncan's back. It's back to our two-hour format. We're, we're back into the, the Saturday show as yep. well. It's, it's come around so quickly here. There's only one thing better than one hour of Super Scoreboard, and that's two hours of Super Scoreboard. So uh, come next Monday night, I expect to be standing here in the company of Alec Ray, and off we go for this feistiest of all seasons. Well, let's hear more from Lee Griffiths actually a point that Alec touched on when Lee Griffiths uh, came off the bench for that game on Wednesday Griffiths says the reception he got uh, made the hairs on the back of his neck stand up he says he was always determined to get back on the pitch and he's now looking forward to linking up with Odson Edward this season 
Incredible. I think I was speaking when I kept mine, it was one of the best receptions he's ever had. You know, it just hit me the hairs in the back of my neck stand up, but you know, it has has been a moment I've been waiting for for a long, long time. You know, a pack Celtic pack coming on and you know, make a marathon. But you know, it's gone me now and you know, I mean, you look forward. Is that something that's really driven you on? Yeah, just not just not just Celtic pack, just to get back on a football pitch and, and start kicking a ball about again. You know, it'll be even better when I, when I start scoring goals in competitive matches. You know, I can't really shift shift Odson just now because he's playing out with his skin. He's doing really well. Um, and for a guy so young to to play so many games and and consecutive running games, you know, he's been brilliant. Um, and hopefully, you know, as the season goes on, we can strike up that partnership to to go and play to it. From first and foremost, the, the club I want to get the club to the Champions League. You know, I've got a good record in these these qualifiers, of scoring goals, big goals. Um, so hopefully, I get the chance to do that, and then you know, try and play as many minutes as possible. It is a long season. You know, boys like Callum McGregor playing six odd games last season. You know, I want to play as many minutes as I can, not just for my club but my country as well. And um, got big, massive games coming up, and I want to be a part of that. When football clubs talk of themselves as family, it's not just a cliche because it can be shown to be the case and Lee Griffiths has just highlighted in which way it can be shown to be the case because the Celtic family welcomed him back like a relative who had hit troubled times but was now better and he was embraced by the Celtic family on that particular occasion as players at other clubs would be embraced by the family atmosphere in which they exist. So that was great for Lee Griffiths and again I can only hope that in the weeks and months ahead uh, he shows that he is fully rehabilitated and very honest of him to say that he can't shift Edward at the moment but in football at the moment means your last game. Yeah, because he said today that he wasn't completely over the hill. He said he was still speaking to people and, and still getting help but he feels he's now in a position where he can go out and perform to the best of his ability it's now important for Lee Griffiths to to look forward and and set himself targets and you know really open himself up to to what this season could be for him he has a tremendous example in his manager his manager has overcome his problems without ever saying I have overcome my problems completely but Neil Lennon was man enough to take on Celtic when Brendan Rodgers left for Leicester City and in spite of a support who had an element within it who didn't want Neil Lynn, and he got them over the line in terms of the championship for eight in a row and he got them past Hearts in the cup final to give Celtic the treble treble. So there's an example for Lee Griffiths to look towards, uh, to admire and to respect because his manager did it, he can do it too. 01419511025 if you want to come on the line or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. It was interesting hearing Lee Griffiths talk about Odson Edward there and saying that, you know, he knows it'll be hard to shift him. Mm. He also talked about playing with Odson Edward, which is not something we've seen Neil Lennon do or Brendan Rogers do in terms of play with two strikers yeah. all that often. Can you see that happening at all this season, the two of them playing up there together? Not for the majority of the season, no. Uh, but for example, Andrew, Wednesday night uh, in the Champions League qualifiers, Celtic at home, the only incentive that Celtic have is to create a lead which would be insurmountable in Estonia. So would it be such an outlandish idea to have Griffiths and Eduard in the team at the same time when the main priority for the evening is goals, goals, 
goals And it's not just Celtic He could be a massive asset for going forward Scotland as well Steve sure. Clark. He, he says he's not spoken to, to Steve Clark yet But today when he was talking about international ambitions He said his phone is always on He, he wants to speak to Steve Clark. But going forward he could be a real asset to Scotland if, if Steve Clark's wanting him in the in the national team setup. I have absolutely no doubt that Steve Clark is one of those hoping that Lee Griffiths has a tremendous return for Celtic because at international level we simply don't have a regular score of goals up front. Uh, and so Steve Clark is hoping that Lee Griffiths hits the ground running starting on Wednesday night. A bit of transfer news for Celtic as well. Hapoel, Hapoel Bersheva actually took to Twitter yesterday to announce that they've agreed a fee with Celtic for Hatem Abd Elhamid, 28-year-old right-back, set to have a medical with the club. We'll also have to wait for the approval of a work permit as well, but that'll be one that Celtic fans will be delighted about because we've heard it so much in the lines, we've seen it so much on Twitter that right-back is the priority. Well, if you had any reservations about Celtic right now, it would be at the back. Bolly Bolingoli, uh, as everyone knows, made a mistake, cost Celtic a goal against Sarajevo uh, last week in the European qualifiers. Um, you know, with regard to uh, Christian Julien, uh, no one knows yet about his capabilities in a Celtic jersey. Uh, likewise, El Hamed, uh, when he comes in. Uh, so, as I say, at the moment, your reservation about Celtic would be at the back. Uh, but Neil Lennon has to put together a makeshift back four or back three uh, and get on with it. You look at El Hamid, he played for Ashdod with Nier Beton at the same time as Nier Beton. He also has won Israel cap. I believe Nier Beton was playing in that game uh-huh. as well. Is that something you'd have expected Neil Lennon to you know, lean on Nier Beton and say, you know, we're, we're looking at this player. What are your experiences of, of playing with him? Do you think he could cut it at this level? Yeah, sure. You have to do that. And uh, Nier Beton would at least have experience of him. Now, he's 28 years old, Andrew. Uh, Israel are not what you would call an outstanding international team, and yet he only has one cap for them. So he has to come here and prove himself. You know, everyone is lined up behind him, uh, the likes of uh, Baram Kayao. Uh, near Bitton, uh, the, the the people who are involved in football in Israel, uh, but he has to come here and prove himself. Of that, there is no doubt. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. We'll be hearing from Rangers managing director Stuart Robertson as well as manager Stephen Gerrard after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Kevens here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you want to get involved, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. There was some transfer news that came out a couple of hours ago, Hugh. We Heard about it last week But mm-hmm. that is that Daniel Kandias has officially Left Rangers To join Turkish side Genkler Berligi Which is easy for me to say On a two year deal For an undisclosed fee I don't think we've heard from you On this one Is that a surprising one That he's left the club For you? Uh, it doesn't Constitute a major surprise For me You know I don't think back On Daniel Kandias uh, At Rangers As someone who is Ripping up trees And you know Put himself into the Unthinkable category When it came to transfers uh, he did reasonably well for Rangers But he's gone Rangers get some money uh, And I don't think it's a disaster 
Well, after yesterday's friendly against Blackburn, Stephen Gerrard says they need to cut out silly mistakes to help them improve on last season. On the whole, he was pleased with what he saw against Blackburn, but says they've still got work to do. Pleased with a lot of it. Disappointing with, obviously, the outcome in terms of the results. Um, I thought we had enough chances throughout the game to win the game. I thought we were very comfortable in the first 45 minutes. Even started the second half pretty well, I think. Making the substitutions, um, I think we lost a little bit of organisation and shape. And um, we obviously turned the ball over in a, in a crucial area of the pitch and we paid for it. So I think that the two learning things we can take from the game are we need to be more ruthless in front of goal when we get these chances and we're playing well and, and, and we're in control. Let's take our chances and try and kill teams off. And also, it's pretty clear today if you turn the ball over in the wrong areas of the pitch against good players and good teams, you can pay for it. And um, we've experienced that before against teams like Aberdeen and Hibs. So we, we need it shows that pre-season's been really good so far, but we still need to learn and, and, and improve. We hammered it home at, at half-time. And, and before the game, we said, look, Blackburn have got good players, they're a good team, and they play in a good league, a competitive league, so it's very important that we're at it all the way through the game. We, we made them aware that if you do make costly errors, good players will punish you, and um, that's what happened. I expect fallibility in pre-season games. Come Sunday, the 4th of August, at Kilmarnock, uh, against a side who are reeling from what happened to them in Europe, uh, Stephen Gerrard will then be entitled to think of his team as being better than the opposition uh, and entitled to think they can get a win in the first day of the season. If that doesn't happen, then he can talk about mistakes and how costly they have been. But I do expect mistakes in the likes of pre-season matches against Blackburn Rovers at Ibrooks. You can certainly see that defensively, Stephen Gerrard has been... You know, looking to upgrade on last season, Philip Hellander, a, a relatively big fee was shelled out on him, three, three and a half million pounds. Yeah. George Edmondson, a bit of a younger prospect, Rangers still paying money for him. It looks as if that centre back area is where Steven Gerrard sort of pinpointed as the, the main place where they need to improve on last season. Well, you know, they go to Kilmarnock, I think, on the 4th of August, uh, entitled to think that they're the favourites to win that match. Whereas last season against Kilmarnock, uh, Kilmarnock did more to damage Rangers than any other club in the league uh, and a lot of that was down to defensive laxity, inefficiency, call it what you like uh, so the manager has taken steps to address that particular situation and I think the arrival of uh, Philip Hellander uh, amounts to Rangers marquee signing because he cost more than anybody else he's the he's the one who was the, the biggest of the summertime signings so uh, it may not turn out to be the best of the new players uh, But he promises to be someone who can add solidity to a defence That was too often cut out last season At the other end of the pitch Is there going to have to be a fine balancing act Between Alfredo Morelos and Jermaine Defoe Because they've both shown in pre-season That they're capable of scoring goals They both showed it last season But with the way Steven Gerrard plays With one out and out striker both are going to want to play as many minutes as possible, but it's impossible to, to give them both probably the game time that they both feel they maybe deserve. Might be a premature debate, Andrew, for this reason. Uh, we read at the weekend that there was interest in Alfredo Morelos from uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, nothing has happened since then. Yeah, we'll hear from Stuart Robertson shortly on that, but no but, bids yet for well, Alfredo Morelos. So we have to wait to see if Morelos is still at Ibrooks, as we have to wait to see if Kieran Tierney is still a Celtic player. So there's a lot that can happen between now uh, and the, the the championship beginning Saturday, August 3rd, Sunday, August 4th. 
Well, we're hearing from Rangers Managing Director Stuart Robertson today because he was speaking at the launch of the club's Everyone Anyone campaign where they aim to make Ibrox as welcoming as possible to everyone. He says the plan is to engage supporters and help make the stadium a positive place for everyone. Well, the campaign is actually a culmination of, of about 18 months of work. There's been a lot of work that's going on in the background to address our diversity and inclusion uh, within the club and within uh, the stadium on a, on a match day. Ultimately, it's about ensuring iBrooks is a warm place and a welcoming place for absolutely everyone to come and watch Rangers play football, regardless of race, their religion or their sexuality. We want this to be a warm environment where people can come and feel safe and feel comfortable. We, to the extent that we can, eradicate unacceptable behaviour, try and do that, and so that everyone who comes to iBrooks can enjoy their day out at the football. We, we appreciate that what's not acceptable. What I would rather do is work with supporters in a small minority, and it is a small minority of supporters who maybe think that that kind of behaviour is acceptable. And through a form of engagement and education, try and realise why behaving in a different manner and maybe not singing the offensive lyrics or the offensive add-ons, why, why supporting the team in a positive way will benefit everybody, it will benefit the team, it will benefit the supporters, it will ben- benefit everybody who comes to Ibrooks. So yeah, we will, you know, we will be engaging, but we would rather do it through a process of engagement and trying to get you know, some supporters on side rather than lecturing to people because that tends to have a negative impact. Stuart Robertson's a good man and those are good words because those are brave words because a lot of supporters don't welcome the old-fashioned ways being tampered with. They don't want their old songs to be criticised. They don't want to engage, as Stuart Robertson put it. However, this is the 21st century, and I am certain that Stephen Gerrard must have been embarrassed last season when Steve Clark was verbally abused in the way that he was and when he ended the match by saying, what is it in Scotland, the Dark Ages? So I'm sure that Stephen Gerrard and Stuart Robertson would have been Mortified by that kind of behaviour And these are brave words from Stuart Robertson Because these words are not vote-catching words A lot of people don't want to know about this But he's putting it out there and saying Everyone, anyone Terrific day for Rangers in that regard 01419511025 Stuart is on the line in Glasgow Stuart, what's your point tonight? I just think we, we really need to applaud Rangers for, for what they've done today. Um, we all know that, that they've always had problems in the past with racism and sectarianism, but I don't think people realise that there's still a massive issue when it comes to sexuality and gender and, and football. And Football stadiums are a terrifying place to go for a lot of people um, because they hear these songs being sung and they hear these, these slurs being, being given out. Um, and it really does affect as well. It, it touches on what Lee Griffiths was talking about earlier about his mental health, that it really impacts supporters' mental health. And I think anything that can be done by, by clubs to, to kind of combat that is, is, is definitely to be welcomed. Yeah, because Hugh, it's not specifically one area that Rangers are looking on, no. looking to you know make it more welcoming for people. They're, they're targeting loads of areas. Uh, Stuart was talking about the LGBT community, which is yeah. one that Stuart Robertson touched on today. It's about just making sure that everyone feels welcome to go to football stadiums. Yeah, I mean, the initiative is called Everyone Anyone. It's about diversity and it's about inclusion. I wandered into Glasgow City Centre on Saturday afternoon and the LGBT community uh, were having a a massive day out uh, and uh, the city was embracing them. The the atmosphere in the city centre was terrific. Uh, And I repeat, if anyone thinks this is somehow unacceptable within a football ground or laughable, then 
They are the ones who are out of step They have not joined the rest of us in the 21st century And for Stuart to say that football stadia Can be intimidating places for the LGBT community Then that's a shame And that's unacceptable And that has to change Stuart? Yeah, definitely It's it doesn't it doesn't help anybody when when we can't go and support or we don't feel like we can go and support our team. It doesn't it doesn't help Rangers. It doesn't help the team that you're trying to support. Um, I just think there's definitely a kind of real um, kind of negative environment around the football stadium. If you're if you're any way different to to what the kind of norm it might be, um, but the, anything that can be done to combat that is, is definitely to be applauded by Rangers. Well. Uh... Yeah, and uh, you know, again in the city centre on Saturday, I saw uh, the the LGBT movement with Rangers banners and Celtic banners, uh, and so this is the twenty first century. If you want to live in the dark ages, then there's nothing we can do to help you. You you're just dim witted, and you don't want to come into the twenty first century. However, Rangers Football Club and Celtic Football Club will happily respond to the LGBT community within their particular support base. And that is the right thing to do. Yeah, point to you, for, for, for Clyde one as well, to be talking about this. Again, I, just, I kind of want to thank you guys because it seems to be a, a real taboo subject where nobody wants to talk about the things that, that go on and people being made to feel unwelcome. And I do have to... Um, Tell everybody that Saltire Thistle uh, is an LGBT football club in Glasgow. So if anybody who doesn't feel welcome anywhere else wants to come and play football, they can look us up on Facebook. But thank you very much for having this conversation, guys. It's really appreciated. Good to hear from you, Stuart. Thank you very much to Stuart. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. John is a Rangers fan in Paisley. John, what's your point tonight? Boys with Daniel Kandir, I'd like to thank him for his service. You know what I mean? And does you think it will be missed because I don't think it will be missed now as I say I don't think it's a a, a cause for concern that Daniel Candias has gone I think Stephen Gerrard uh, would have strenuously opposed the idea if he felt there was not adequate cover for Candias and that the loss of Candias would damage Rangers but I don't think that's the way uh, in which Stephen Gerrard felt and therefore he was a that Candace was allowed to go and uh, pursue his career elsewhere. You know, he had decent games. There were other days when he disappeared, and for me, he was okay and no better than that. John, do you well, think that's a big oh, that's, see, that's a big comment to say he was just okay. When he we put in a shift, you you know what I mean. Put in a shift. There's times, no, I mean, you can't just say he was okay. There's other times, no, I mean, he put in a shift, he put in a shift. I never stopped running. He wasn't, I'd say, the most skillful player in the world, but to say he was just okay, I mean, I've seen players at Rangers have been far. I would say we're okay, but I think he put in a shift when he put in a shift. Yeah, well. Worked really, really hard for it. Yeah, yeah. But was he absolutely central? Was he going to make the difference between Rangers winning or not winning the title this year? Well, we'll never know because he's not going to be there. Well, the reason he's not there, the, the reason he's not there, is because the manager approved the idea of letting him go to Turkey. So, if Stephen Gerrard believed that Candeus would have been a major influence on the outcome of the title, he would have dug his heels in and he wouldn't have let him go. No, it's true. But at the same point, I mean, I think he didn't want to battle for his t- his position because, let's be honest, we at the moment we're quite abundance with people playing out in the wing. 
and in that, in that, in that department I think he would have struggled to get a game Well if he didn't want to battle for his place Then he's definitely no use to Stephen Gerrard well, Thank you to John N. Paisley 01419511025 If you want to come on the line Let's hear from Stuart Robertson again He says that they've not had any bids For any of their top players this summer That's including Alfredo Morelos He also says he's been encouraged By the early stages of this season But admits it's still early days the Early stages have been very positive The guys have had a very good pre-season I know that's going very well They've been pleased with how that's going Nice to get through the first round of Europe We've got the second round coming up in The league in a couple of weeks So I think the preparations have gone well, but I think everybody's aware it's still very early stages and there's still a lot of hard work required. We've not had any bids, so until you know, until you have bids, you don't have a decision to make at that stage. At the moment, we're very happy with the players who we've got in the team, and I know Stephen's very happy with the first-team squad. Uh, as he said, we've maybe got a couple of bodies extra, and some of the guys will be disappointed they'll not get as much game time as they would like. And you know, We'll work with them to, to try and find other clubs for them if that's what they want. But no, listen, we've not received any bids So there's been no decisions to take on that front so far This is a symbolic day for Rangers in more ways than one Because today Stuart Robertson became a member of the SPFL board And for the first time in many years It's Rangers sitting at the top table of the game And that is symbolic for them Because they've been in the wilderness, in the lower leagues And now for Stuart to be on the board It's another sign of Rangers continued Improvement And he knows As Dave King knows As Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister know It is vital for Rangers to stop Celtic getting nine in a row As vital as it is for Celtic To Please their supporter base And win nine in a row So We are in for one Heck of a season 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB we'll have more of your calls after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors compensation they know the score talk to thompsons.com Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean on the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 on the phones or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB earlier on Hugh we touched on the fact that if Celtic do beat Nomi Calu they'll play either Cluj from Romania or Maccabi Tel Aviv from Israel um Obviously Rangers and Aberdeen got their potential opponents for the third round of Europa League qualifying as well. So if Rangers beat Progress to Dercorn, they'll play FC Micheland of Denmark. Uh, so they avoided some some tough teams there because Wolves, Legia Warsaw, AZ yeah. Alkmaar, but Micheland certainly no pushovers either. No, but you definitely don't want Wolves, do you? You know, who had an outstanding uh, season last time out uh, under uh, Nuno Espirito de Santo. Uh, so Rangers... First of all, we'll take their revenge on Progress Nidacon. Uh That was then, this is now. That was Pedro Cachinha, who was a laughing stock. This is Steven Gerrard, who is far from a laughing stock. Uh, and uh, having taken Celtic to win by three goals on Wednesday night, I take Rangers to win by five goals uh, in the first leg against Progress Nidacon. Um And Aberdeen to get by... By the odd goal Because for some reason Aberdeen It's a struggle It's always a struggle Yeah well they play Chikura Kerry this week If they win that tie They'll be up against Rijeka from Croatia There was an interesting point That uh, Celtic also got their draw If they do lose To Nomi Kalju And yes. they drop into The Europa League But they'll play either 
Shkendia from North Macedonia or Dude Lange from Luxembourg. But the interesting point about that is Shkendia lost to Nomi Kalyu in the second in, in the first qualifying round of Champions League. So Nomi Kalyu and Shkendia could end up playing each other in Europa League qualifying <laughs> and Champions League qualifying in the same season, which just seems ridiculous. I know, yeah. But you're going too far now. I am indeed. Let's just get uh, Celtic uh, against the Estonians on Wednesday out of the way first. And I think Neil Lennon would be disappointed if his team didn't get three goals Wednesday night. It's all about building momentum. I was a little surprised Celtic didn't take on a friendly for this weekend, but perhaps Neil Lennon feels that there are enough, or there ought to be enough Champions League qualifiers to, to build up the team before the, the domestic football starts. Frank is a Celtic fan in Kilmarnock. Frank, what's your point tonight? Hi, good evening, guys. Good evening, you. Hello. Hello, right, I've got a couple of points First one is just Lee Griffiths I think that he started the show with it It's great to see Lee back And he's on a journey of recovery And it looks like he's hopefully battling his demons But I just want to commend Lee for coming out um, And talking so candidly and openly And if it inspires some males and females out there That are in the same dark spaces Then it's great Because I think some people look at football as a protected bubble And here's some days I think he said that he's a star player Scotland is so well publicised and for Lee to come out and talk so openly hopefully if it helps people out there seek some help um, it's brilliant and it's also great to see him back in the green and white jersey yeah. that's my first point yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah football players of league Griffith's standing don't have a private life everything they do is public property uh, and so when his life takes a disappointing turn where he is concerned and he has personal problems they become personal problems lived out in the public glare. So for him to speak about it, I think he's very brave. And for him to have got over what happened to him and to be back playing football, I think is wonderful. And there's no more that I can say other than I hope that his rehabilitation is complete. Frank? Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, the, the second point I've got is... I've got some fellow Celtic fans and I'm sure we've all read these things online. There's a bit of panic among some Celtic fans because Rangers are signing um, eight, nine players um, and Celtic so far have only signed three. Player four looks as if he's going to come in this week. Um, just I reflect on this stage last season and I look back to that. It was probably the beginning of the end for Brendan Rodgers around about this time last season. Well, there was clearly a, a rift beginning to form if it wasn't already there between um, Brendan and Peter and the John McGinn saga and then you had the Dembele's he's staying as it going and then you had the, the mess that ended up probably costing his Champions League qualifications in terms of Athens. And then I, I fast forward to the current stage and I think if you look at where Celtic are, you've got Arzani coming back. God knows what he could be, but he's a Man City starlet. You've got Sved. You've got Big Julian at centre-half who looks, based on 50 minutes in New Jersey, looks really, really good. You've got Bolly Bolly who, he looks good going forward, but you just don't know defensively. Um, and I think Celtic currently, with players like Christie, 12 months on, who's broken a team who now looks like the first name in the team sheet. You've got Rogic coming back from injury. Um, there's more players like that. You're just beginning to think Griffiths coming back. Are Celtic currently stronger than where they were 12 months ago? And in my opinion, only in my opinion, and that's the beauty of this programme, my answer to that would be yes. Another thing is, there's still six weeks left in the transfer window, and if Rangers have done the majority of their business, 
bearing in mind the look as if they've spent about four million. And Candace, that's where I would challenge some Rangers fans. I know he didn't set a world in fact. The guy was a first team pick. He played seventy games over two seasons. He was a key player in Rangers team last season, so they have lost somebody and they've also lost Kent. And I think Celtic have got money to spend in the next six weeks. So I would say to most Celtic fans, keep the faith, lads, we're treble treble winners and hopefully this is a quadruple treble and nine in a row. But I'm not getting ahead of myself uh, Well you are really <laughs> I mean you've said that all will be well in the end But that's fine you, You're a Celtic fan and you're entitled to speak And talk about your team in positive glowing terms uh, You know you go back to the McGinn fiasco At the time Yeah it did Drive a wedge between Brendan Rogers and the Celtic hierarchy uh, It was a mistake on Celtic's part And yet in spite of that fiasco, in spite of Brendan Rodgers leaving mid-season, Celtic did win the treble-treble. And, you know, that puts things into perspective. Now, I think Rangers have had a good transfer window. Uh, in Aribo and Ojo, uh, they look to have added good players to a squad that was getting better. Even allowing for the fact They did not make a domestic cup final And they were nine points behind Celtic In the title At the end of the day But I think they are Getting closer And If there are misgivings about Celtic It's because You don't know How El Hamed uh, Bolly Bolingoli And Julian Will all settle in How long it will take them to settle in uh, But It's all conjecture On the 22nd of July we're just two weeks short of when it ceases to be conjecture and when we can say he's not working, he is working, this is not working, that is working. Well, thank you to Frank N. Kilmarnock. Let's move on to Motherwell because uh, today a story came out that they could miss out on a compensation fee for, for Chris Cadden and that's because uh, MLS side Columbus Crew looked to be interested in them and the, the sort of rules with compensation fees with MLS sides are, are quite sketchy because they only came in earlier this year Motherwell are in negotiations with US Soccer Columbus Crew and MLS to try and seek a resolution but these compensation fees and transfer fees for, for young players coming through academies who are vital to clubs like Motherwell and they'll, they'll hope that they can come to the right conclusion Of course and they've also got young Reese McAleer who has not had a first team game but could be off to Norwich City uh, and that could result in a six-figure sum for Motherwell. So, yeah, they, 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 I like Motherwell the way they go about their business. They've got, uh, I watched them Friday night, and they were more than decent against Morton. Um, they have brought in good players. Under Stephen Robinson, there's a reliability about Motherwell, not just the fact that they, they, they can go to cup finals or semi-finals, there's a, a reliability about them in the league and in the passing. Well done to Alan Burrows, Motherwell's chief executive, who also joined the board of the SPFL today. They look as if they brought in some exciting wingers, certainly, some quick players up top. Do you think, although it's early in the season, top six is, is where they'll be aiming for this season? Um, yeah, of course. You, you have to <coughs> aim for the stars. Uh, it'll be a tough ask. But it is within their capabilities So long as they understand That Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen Will always be above them But they've got a positive start to the season If you're St Johnston, if you're Kilmarnock If you're St Mirren, you can't say that 
Well thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight Thank you to Hugh Keevans in the studio as well Frank in Kilmarnock is our lucky winner of the Celtic FC Festival tickets We'll be in touch to give them away to you You'll, I'm sure you'll have a great weekend at that Plenty more to come this week We'll be live from Celtic Park on Wednesday for their Champions League qualifier And live from Ibrox on Thursday for their Europa League qualifier as well So make sure to tune in then but Stick around and don't go anywhere Because Stephen Mill is up next